kind of stuff here. I'm just going to put this plate. What's what? What is that I'm looking at? Um, that is a, a record of some description. Um, but if I if I close the inspect element here, yeah. I'm, in the, I'm in the zoom in window here. I'm going to click there, right? I want to get the highest possible image of resolution image of that. Because yeah. I yeah. want to look at this label and I want to look at the plus and this stuff because I'm really interested in Joseph Boyce. Joseph Boyce work at the minute because I am, as you may have seen, doing my Instagram again. Oh, yes, and I have seen that. One of the things that Boyce was doing was like he would cut shapes out of metal, right? And so I've been looking at like shapes, for example. Oh, I don't know where the original shape was of this. It was an old VHS cassette, and that's the bit that you would have pulled out there. Yeah. And I thought that that would make like an interesting piece of work right imagine i got that cut out of metal and then just sort of buried it for a while so it all rusted right voice does that kind of stuff a wee bit as well um i wonder what happens when i click here oh there is that image bigger okay anyway i wanted to get this image here so i went inspect elements uh sure sorry that's the wrong thing uh, inspect element, which if you're listening along, we're looking at a webpage with a piece of Joseph Boyce work. Uh, you can't just get the image off the page because right-clicking on the image, there's no way to open the image in a new tab. So the only way to do it is to install the developer tools, click on um, sources, and then that will give you the folder with the images in it, right? Yeah. So here, I'm, I'm just going to drag this up so you can see it a little bit more clearly. Here is an image, here is another image, and then there is the thing I'm looking for, right? And there it is a wee bit bigger, but it's missing half of the, oh, yeah. the sleeve, right? And it would appear that what CloudFront is, and there it is really big, right? And it looks like not CloudFront, but Artsy are programmatically taking the image, chopping it up into bits, see? Oh, yeah. And then they're re-putting it together when they display it on the web page. But for you as a, a an ardent follower of Joseph Boyce, the only way for you to get that high res image is for you to download this bit, this bit, this bit, this bit, all these separate bits and then put them back together again, which is completely insane. Um, so I'm just going to put all of this into a new folder with 16 items and call it BAU Boyce, uh, Boyce Jigsaw. Um, here we go. And then if we view it as an icon, we'll see all of these all the bits. bits. It's crazy, isn't it? Funny. I mean, obviously, that, yeah, it's like sort of a, a different version of the progressive loading, isn't it? When they used to have the JPEGs or whatever that would load in. Yeah. Like, like, look at this. Like, I, I can sort of rebuild this, see? Um, there, in the icon yeah, binder. <laughs> there it is. It's insane. So I can, that's oh, obviously going to go there. And then we're looking for a corner piece, which is that bit there. But then there's another corner piece there. And there is that there. So we can actually rebuild the whole thing. And this obviously is a smaller one. Um, and that goes there, right? And then this, I don't know what that is. Anyway, I mean, isn't this insane? It's completely crazy. Well, I can hear myself a little bit, I think. Uh, oh, probably because I don't have headphones on. Oh, yes. I don't know where my headphones are, so 
we just go with the echo. Anyhow, you saw the um, you saw the you saw the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, okay. Let's start a few things. So um, so got, yeah, let's let's uh, half six. So we got thirty minutes. So we're gonna okay. So it's a short episode. Con- content, mega content episode in thirty minutes. We can cut it short and short. Yeah. So you've so the BBUI's uh, course is all coming together, and you shot a little demo test video just to check that it was working as you wanted and you shot that with two cameras yeah ross my son had a camera here yeah actually this light over here which i will just sort of move up and down a wee bit i came in here and there was a shirt there was a white shirt hanging over this and the monitor i was like what's that and he said that's a diffuser (laughs) literally we were really making it up so i left him for maybe about an hour and like it was pitch black in here and he had like lights there's a light over there as well and he just had gone around and got lots of lights and yeah. these are like daylight bulbs yes, um yes. so he had set up this as a diffuser and various other things and then he had my laptop on the table yeah. and i said i can't really work that way i need it on the, the little stand um and because i needed something to refer to yeah uh, you know, like I needed to be able to look at the slides in order to be able to talk. Um, so we put that on the stand. This monitor was like way over here. Um, and then we had a, 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 the, the, what I call the juicy fruit camera because it had a packet of juicy fruit on top of it. And then there was another camera sort of, uh, it didn't really look like they were that, that they were that far apart. You know, to me, it didn't really look like it was going to make that much of a difference. Um, but I can it looked okay, you yeah, know. Angles were cool. It was yeah, I liked it. I think so. I, we I think there's, there's a few things. It's funny because weirdly, it's been a busy week for me as well. But yesterday, um, I went through some basics for filming like little documentaries with the students for their games projects, mm-hmm. and I was talking about the fact the two, the two things you really want to get right is well, there's three things you want to plan. Like there's nothing worse than just trying to shoot something and not have a plan. I'm going to write this down, Adam, in case we forgot something. <laughs> uh, but you know, because you didn't, you had your slide decks, you had your plan, which was the, to talk through the slides and you knew that. Yeah. Um, the second thing obviously is lighting. Like, so getting, like getting that lighting and using that three, the three sort of lights, the key light, the diffuser and the backlight. And you had those things. And then the last thing really is like, people can be quite forgetting. Wait, what's the backlight? We didn't have a light behind us. No, but you, uh, no, you, you probably you didn't need one to be honest. But you could have had one like, um, you just need three lights really, three sort of points of lighting. Um, okay. Normally you'd have a backfield just to sort of like, so that you're not so washed out from the front. But you weren't anyway. Um, okay. And you have daylight bulbs. So if you haven't got natural light, then that's the best sort of lights to use. And you had a bit of the diffuser, which obviously added to that. So is it a key light and a diffuser? Yeah, still I can't see. I did the LinkedIn Learning course like as well yesterday to check it on there, but it's normally it's, um. Let me get. And you said there was a backlight as well, because like I mean we're we're still in the experiment phase, so we could explore it. Uh, the other thing I did wonder about doing was saying, um, you know, that instead of like we're going to do this quite a lot, right? Um, yeah. You know, we're going to make lots of videos. And I was just wondering if instead of, you know, using these lights with a shirt hanging over them, maybe we should actually go and buy a decent light. Yeah, yeah, totally. So like, um, you know, like yesterday, for example. um, Here, look, I'll share my screen so you can see one of these. Okay. Oh, stop sharing. There you go. 
this one here. So this is on LinkedIn Learning. Yeah, well, actually, these are some slides from a company that worked with us called Mind the Film. Uh, but it's a state that he does LinkedIn Learning. There's, a, there's like a 10 minute video that talks through how to sort of the basics to getting up and running. It doesn't go into too much detail, okay. but this mm -hmm. is the idea here is that if you've got like a single camera, you've got these three point yeah. lighting set up. So you've got a key light, okay. a fill light, and then there's this backlight. Um, right. Really the key, probably the, the, yeah, the fill light is the one you want to probably be as much day, could be daylight, you know, as much daylight as possible. Mm -hmm. To be honest, that's the, and the other ones you could then set up. But obviously if you're in a studio, you have to generate each of those yourself. Well, we, we opened these curtains over here. Oh, okay. So yeah, the okay. light so was coming in, daylight was coming in. Great. And so, and then the other thing to do is- Oh, like, can you show us the slides from the top? See what else there was. No, that was, that's kind of it, I think. Oh, there's the picture here. What was that chart at the top? Was it to do with uh, depth of field or? Yeah, yeah, that's slightly different zooming and stuff. It gets quite complex because these aren't my slides and, and I don't know all the details of it. We're getting techniques. What was that one there then? I have no idea. That, that's something to do with <laughs> Okay. To do with this. <laughs> oh, okay. my slides, so. Yeah. Um, in the studio. In the studio sort of one. Yeah. See, I was looking at that and thinking, maybe we should, you know, get like a proper diffuser and do that. Like a friend of mine who was on Propel with me, um, Jared, he had a system, you know, I could see from watching his videos on the weekly check-ins that his video quality was amazing. Yeah. And one of the days I said, do you have like decent lights and stuff? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah. And so he sort of panned out and showed me like round the room. Yeah, I mean, the good like, ones oh, no like, a, like a grid, like a grid of sort of LEDs almost. They might not be LEDs. But yeah, like yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. really good and they're not that expensive. But the funny thing is the third thing that's really important with all that stuff is just good audio because actually people are quite forgiving of poor video but they are not forgiving of poor audio and your audio and your audio is really good you had a little what mic were you using i was actually using this mic here the the road oh nice so i came in and he said we're just going to use the road mic and i was like oh are we not using the other mic because the other mic's on the stand and stuff and there's a pop guard for that one as well yeah. Um, and he said, no, no, we're just going to use this road one. And honestly, Adam, I just trusted him and said, right, let's just get on with it. Tell me what you want me to do. And, you know, it's very good. I thought in terms of he was very, um, you know, obviously he's my son, um, but he was very um, no nonsense about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for example, we got to the end of the first recording and he said, right, can you just give me your slides? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and I said, but what, how are we gonna do the transitions and stuff like the animation and what have you? And he was like, oh, can we not just use the straight slides? Uh, and I was like, no, God, no, there's like zooming in. And you know, there's lots of things that I do with the slides. Like for example, if I show you this bit at the end. Yeah, cause the editing uh, looked really good. You had the two editing. Was, the editing was amazing. Sometimes you had a full screen slide and sometimes you had you over the top of the slide yeah yeah i think i was in all the pictures so there wasn't a slide where i wasn't there you were like in the top uh, corner sometimes weren't you yeah so if i show you building a vocabulary and then go share my screen so see when we got this bit this is why we're re-recording it when well two things when i got to this bit here I don't know if you can see that, but the joins on those uh, ends of those points are really janky because okay. that's just through, that's just lines in Keynote and there's no way to 
well, you could, you could use the pen tool in Keynote, but it's not that measurable. And I want to draw that properly so that when it fades in, it's got a sharp end and not two points that are like, are, are not lining up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he actually said when he'd edited it, once he'd edited it and he watched it a few times, he could see that that didn't look right. And he said, it seemed like earlier I was talking about attention to detail and I hadn't paid the attention to detail here. And I was like, great. Um, you know, I was glad that he'd noticed that. Um, but this section here, when I started talking about Mark Blamar, and I was like, Blamar, blooming, blah, 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 you know, I thought that sounds a little bit rude. Uh, and, you know, as we were going down the stairs, he said, Dad, imagine if someone went Chris Murphy or Chris Morphy or Chris Murphy or uh, whatever the fuck you call that guy. And I was like, yeah, that sounds really, really bad. So we had agreed that we would have to change that. And then see this bit here where there is like, um, that text comes in. Originally, that text was going to be set like this, like in my style. Yeah. Um, but then I felt when I was talking to Kara that it was better if it came up from that page because it, then it looked like it came from that web page, you know? And so when I showed him all of the animations and stuff, he was like, oh, right, well, then we need to record the screen at the same time as recording the audio. Yeah. Um, then we ran into a little bit of a hiccup um, because for some reason, QuickTime wouldn't work. Um, and I said, look, let's just use ScreenFlow because I used ScreenFlow the last time. Sure, I was sure. doing recordings for Star, for my book Star. Um, and we couldn't find the license. And honestly, that was probably five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like $120 or something. And it was funny because Ross was like, there's no way we're spending $120. And I was like, look, that's just what it costs. Just give me a minute, we'll just buy it. So we bought it. Okay, uh, so you've got the latest screen flow because I used to use yeah. it, but I um, when they brought out a new update, I didn't feel there was enough in it for me to purchase. Um, yeah, I mean, I again because it was like a, yeah. it was a buy again sort of thing. So, yeah, exactly. Um, I kind of felt like, well, it's five years since I used it. It did its purpose, what I needed at the time, and I'm definitely going to use this more than once. Um, and I just said, look, this is easier. So we the first time we hadn't done any recording of the screen mm -hmm. uh, the second time we did the screen but but i was going and then i mentioned oliver reed and i just thought god this sounds awful um but so we called it an experiment and and i sort of said okay so we're gonna have to call that one an experiment and we're gonna have to do it again and ross's face was just like you know, he looked wildly happy. <laughs> I was like, I'm really sorry, you know. But I also said to him as well, you know, that 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 little W thing, you know, and he he was really not messing around. He was, he said, like that, if we do this it, the next time we do it, that's it. You know, when we record it, it has to be the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we decided we would do it like we do with the podcast. So there's like no, you know, no edits or, you know. And one doing the overlay of the video and stuff. How was how did you sort that out? Okay, I don't know. So Ross Ross did it all. In, yeah, like I left him. He went down to the living room, um, and I I don't know what I was doing. I was working on some copywriting for somebody, and then like Kara came home. Um, she had been in Dublin with work for the day, um, so Kara came home and she had just picked up Caitlin, who's just come back from Glasgow. And so they just arrived and then he said, right, I'm going to bring it into the kitchen and we can all have a look. And like, I was, I was like, wow, this looks amazing. Um, you know, and when I saw that actually was also the point, like, you know, Al Power. Yeah. 
Al has been saying from the beginning, like a year ago, you should just record all of the everything. You should record all the bits, you know, typography, point line playing, color, everything. You should just record it all and then give it to people in one go, you know, because some people will want to get to the end of that recording and go straight on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having seen it myself and getting to the end of it, I thought, yeah, probably, you know, I probably wouldn't want to wait a week to get into the next episode. I'd want to get onto the next one right away. Um, so yeah, so this this time running it for the School of Design will be, and it'll only be 95 pounds as well. And I think I'm in this problem zone where people think there's no way this can be good because it's only 95 pounds. Um, and the reality is, I think it is good, it is going to be good. Yeah. And it is just 95 pounds because I'm just testing it on an unsuspecting audience. And that, that will teach me something every week that we will then fix. And then that will be the version we record. So, for example, somebody says, oh, I don't really understand a bit about the Bauhaus. What was that all about? Yeah. I can fix it. And then we we record it. So, you know, for the people who are signing up for 95 pounds, it's like a really good deal. Yeah, you're getting early, you're getting early access, aren't you? To something, and sure, it might get a little bit tweaked up, but it's kind of like the test audience. Yeah, but, but they're getting really good content, but it's just it's a, a discounted price because some of it might get slightly enhanced. Yeah, m- not massively, just just tiny bits. Um, and the other thing I would say is, um, I think I, mean, I always had this vision that I would teach everything live. Um, when I saw the video, I thought, yeah, that's just dumb. I shouldn't do that. You know, I should just, you know, I should do what everyone else is doing, like Matt Smith with uh, Shift Nudge or Eric Kennedy with Learn UI. I should just say, you know, it's open for registration for the next two weeks. Um, sign up now. It's four one four nine five. I'm going to launch on this particular day. And then if anyone wants to do the weekly cadence, I'll be around for critiques and stuff. But you're all on your own. Get on with yeah, it sort yeah, of yeah. thing. Cool. Oh, so good. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. When is this all? When is what? What is this timeline now? Because I'm a bit lost. <laughs> in terms. So of the timeline is actually on the on the Notion page. There is a timeline. I think I need to maybe tease that out tonight a little bit more because it's all getting a bit confusing. And that lady Ellie, who's doing it, said to me, "There's so much r- written content that it's a bit confusing." And I think I need a calendar actually up here. So building a vocabulary, which is what that video was, yep. is yep. Uh, the fourth of May. That's Tuesday, and then so the next. Record. So what's your plan? You're going to record all of it? No, no, no. I'm going to do this live next Tuesday. Okay. Um, with those slides that we just saw in the recording. Yeah. I'm going to fix the W and fix a few little bits and pieces that I'm not happy with. And I'm going to teach that on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say, okay, your homework, the thing that was missing as well was homework. Yeah. Uh, Cause at the end I was like, Oh yeah, the homework. And I was like, whoops, I forgot that because every deck has a homework uh, set of slides. Yeah. And the homework for that week is get familiar with Figma, go and pick two or three interfaces. Like here's a TV one. Uh, Apple TV here is a um, a desktop one and here's a watch one and rip them apart and rebuild them that's that's it you know it's just like you know start looking interfaces start getting a feel for them and then the next week which is the next Tuesday is the 11th of May is point which is all about circles and then uh, the next week is line then it's plain I mean this is where I think that people doing the course on their own 
probably if it was me, I would say watch point line and plane and then do those exercises in, in a week, mm-hmm. you know, um, because you can do a, you know, you probably doesn't need to take a month to get to that point. Yeah. Um, and then there's content, which is quite a lot. Like, you know, there's written content, words, imagery, video, uh, then there's typography and then there's iconography and then there's color. So the whole thing will be finished by the end of June. Cool. And then there's a break mm-hmm. and the next part starts, which is interfaces are like Lego and it's much, much more systemically, you know, here is a button, here is a toggle here, you know, whereas the first part, which is the interface design is largely communication design. Yeah. The groundwork for what you, how yeah. you make sure you know you're thinking correctly about what you might build. And yeah. And just thinking visually and, and that yeah. kind of stuff, you know? Cool. Uh, and so then that the interfaces are like Lego at the minute is like five weeks and then there'll be another break. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there'll be the design systems, uh, which Brilliant. is like building the component up, thinking about design systems and design tokens. So that by the end of that whole chunk of stuff, you've really learned the ins and outs of interface design. You haven't really learned about moving through interfaces and animation and all that kind of stuff, because that's the next course, which is more about user experience and experiences that happen over time. The reality is this could all be part of one bigger course, you know, and it probably will end up like that, I think, you know. So when what's the plan to do the recorded version of it? When, how are you going to schedule that in then? Ross was supposed to be going to his final course on divinity. Um, so he's learning about the Bible. Um, and I think that where he is and where the people teaching are going in slightly different directions. Ross reads a, a ton about the Bible, um, you know, and he's really interested in it all. Um, and I think that he's got to a point where he's not really enjoying that course as much anymore. So he's talking about um, not taking the last module on it, which would be Thursdays and Fridays. Okay. So he's kind of saying we could probably do videos on Thursdays and Fridays. And I'm literally like, you tell me where and when, and I'll, I'll be there kind of thing. Okay. So you're kind of hoping to sort of piggyback the final recordings on the sort of while the live course is running. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say building a vocabulary, which is the one that we just did. Yep. I, I deliver that on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Well, like I wouldn't be saying to him, why don't we try and record that on Saturday before we do it? I'd be saying, let's deliver that on Tuesday because we currently have about maybe 30 people signed up. Um, and then after that, I, you know, once we've done it, I'll then in the Slack say, right, is anybody, anybody unclear on anything or, you know, and if the answer is yes, I'll fix those things and then we'll try and record on the Thursday or Friday. Yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say if you could, you know, I think again, one of the things for people getting it at such a discount is that they help to, you know, part of that deal is that you, they will give you some reflection and feedback on that weekly course. So there is, yeah. a bit of that, you know, I mean, already there was a little bit of that when I posted the, I mean, I posted the link last night and then I stopped looking. I actually went to bed actually because I was really having been sleeping. Um, and yeah, then this morning when I woke up and looked at it, it was like, you know, I went to bed. Liam was like, looks great. And then I, at that point, I missed all the rest. And then Ben was like, flipping it, Chris, this looks fabulous. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about it. And then Al was like, sound and video quality is on point. Um, You know, this Ross chap clearly knows his stuff. Um, And I was like, yeah, that was brilliant. And then Dermot was like, maybe 
doing something with the uh, edit, maybe tighter edit or something. Yeah, yeah, it's more of an extreme B camera angle. Yeah, and then Al was like, love the two cameras, really helps with visual interest. Um, yeah, props on the audio. A lot of people don't realize good audio is way more important than good video. I think you just said that. Caroline was like, loving the framing of the shot, feels high quality, and I'll get high value content from this. I think this is good, is, is good advice as well. One take feels real, but with an edit, you can add in pauses when you move from section to section. Uh, I chatted to Ross about that this morning, and I said, I think we're going to do it with the one take um, because it just makes it feel more like a live thing. It feels like you're watching a snippet of an actual class. And even having Ross sitting on the other side of the camera over there is kind of helpful. For example, there was a thing where I was like, I couldn't remember the name of something. And he said something like, um, you know, Iron Brew or whatever it was. And I was like, yes, thank you, Ross. Um, Frank Lloyd Wright or, yeah, I can't remember. Um, so that, that kind of helped. And I thought, well, when we get to the section breaks, Probably what I'll do is say, great, now we're going to go on to section three, which is, you know, back from the end of blah. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause just for a couple of seconds. So if you need to run to the toilet or you need to grab a, a drink, now's the time to hit pause. Otherwise, we'll see you in five, four, three, two, and on we go. Yeah, cool, so cool. Something like that. So there's a little bit of a pause there so that you can stop it, you know. Great. I mean, it's video. People can stop it anytime they want, you know? That's true, that's true. But yeah, no, but I think that's a good way of doing it to us rather than just breaking it up. I think I wouldn't yeah. mind that if I was just sitting there, had the video file up, and I know there's going to be some breaks, but I don't yeah. think I'll find video number two or whatever. You know, yeah. oh, that's quite cool. Great. Yeah, no, I mean, it's all sort of come together quite well. And, you know, it was to be fair to Ross, he's been asking me for weeks, when are we going to do the video? And he'd said to me, like, on... on Thursday or Friday, I think it was. He'd said, right, dad, see if we don't get this video. I'd said, okay, we'll do it on Sunday. And I say that lots of Sundays, lots of Sundays. And then we get to the Sunday and I'm either just knackered or, you know, or so, or the Grand National or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he'd said, like, see if we don't do it this Sunday, we're not doing it. Uh, I was like, we are definitely doing it. And then he phoned me on Sunday and said he was, uh, it was his best friend George, his best man actually at the wedding his best friend Jordan's birthday so could could we start at four and I was like just stay at Jordan's party and we'll, we'll do it tomorrow instead so that worked really well so cool okay. and I, I'm gonna pay him as well I mean the payment was a bit tricky like I, I'd already discussed with him because Kara wasn't here I was kind of like at the end I'll pay you some money in one big go mm-hmm. um, and Kara was like no no we're paying him you know, as we go, and I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, we'll work it out, you know. Yeah, cool, cool. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds good. And what about the website and things and the advertising of it? Where, Where is that? Uh, I tell you what, the problem with the website has been that when Ross says to me, this is how much it's going to cost, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, or, you know, this is how much it's, it's going to cost per session or something. I laser like sit down and work it out and go, right, here we go. And I'm not wasting any time. And I think the problem with Al has been that he's not charging me any money. So I just keep changing my mind. Um, And I haven't said this to Al, um, unless he listens to this podcast, (laughs) highly unlikely. Um, But I think what I'm going to try and do is, I mean, most of my focus this week is one, I have a client job I have to finish. Mm -hmm. 
and two, I want to make sure this shit's all looking good. Yeah. Um, but what I really want to do is sit down, sort the branding, get the website written, get the con and design it properly because it just the design's a mess at the minute. You know. And when do you think people would be able to buy the full like video edited course? Probably in maybe oh, I don't know, like six months or something. Mm -hmm. Because I still got to do the other two parts. Yeah. And how know? much are you going to charge for the whole course? Do you know yet? Yeah. 1495. That's what I've said from the start. And that's not changing. I mean, Matt Smith, who does Shift Nudge, is like 1800. And the other thing he does is he has a pro and core. So, okay. you know, you need to do core in order to get the fundamentals. And then you pay more to get pro. And I'm kind of like, I don't really want to do that because, you know, I want someone if they've done my course to feel like they've not missed something. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, and then uh, learn UI guy, Eric Kennedy, he does kind of like UX and UI. He has two courses, but I mean, I don't know what the UX course is because all the emphasis is learn UI. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I have got UX because it's really the second half of the user interface book. Yeah. Um, and then I was talking to... Oh, are you in the design education slack? Um, no. Problem is there's so many slacks. So there is a slack called design education, which you probably should join because it has, where do you see the people? More maybe, more. Oh yeah, people and user groups. I don't think it, I am, it doesn't sound like I am. Geez, where's, oh, it's got 548 members. You know, so yeah, it's quite big, and it's got Ryan Rumsey and and uh, uh, Jenny Thielen. She teaches in Sweden, or yes, in Sweden. I mean, it's got like a real mix of people. Do you want me to get you to an invitation? Yeah, sure, that'd be cool. I don't mind joining that. I mean, I okay, I better better write that down. So Jenny and Adam. I think you might have tried to invite me already, though, Jenny. I I think I did try to get you to go one time before. It, it, it's a really good group. As well, because maybe it was in an email. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Rumsey um, has just said, replied to me in there. Um, he said something like, um, he he'd said to me that um, Matt Smith was doing. Uh, hey, for your information, um, Matt Smith is doing a course called Shift Nudge. And I said, yeah, I sent him the link to the benchmarking. Um, so the thing what Matt is doing is great, but I also believe there's plenty of room in the market for more than one. Plus I am me and my style is well me. And Ryan said, there's a huge opportunity in market for you. You are a niche. Um, and I said, as a father son bonding exercise, yesterday was such great fun. Having Ross on the team is great. I've really enjoyed working with him. And as his dad, I am so incredibly proud of him. Um, and Ryan was just telling me they've got five weeks of school. Um, and he then replied and said, I can't be effed is my new favorite way to start a course. Because <laughs> at the beginning, I was like, we're not going to be bad at any of this because I can't be effed to do it. I should probably have just said I can't be fucked. But anyway, I didn't want to start too early. <laughs> That's before your slide explaining that there's going to be lots of effort. Oh, really? <laughs> so yeah, I, didn't, I didn't want to start too early. I think for me, what was really interesting about it was doing it really helped me to to actually see that it was feasible to do.
you know, yeah. because when I did the start course, it was shit. It was really bad. You know, it was just me. There was no video of me. You know, it was just slides. And I, and I, and I was kind of reading everything off the script and, yeah. you know, I, I was kind of going, um, like if I grab something here, you know, like this, uh, why do we need another typeface? Uh, this is a prickly question often asked of typeface designers, depending on who you ask. And it just sounded shit, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, whereas if you just make it up based on what's on the slides, well, that's what I do anyway. You know, yeah, yeah, that's probably what you do as well. Yeah, you know, totally. no, because once you know the material, it's much more open and that kind of yeah. thing. I, I did a, I mean, we're going to run out of time because I got, but I did. Um... How did your day go? What was the thing you were oh, doing today? Same. So uh, today was a games and fashion marketing sort of extra curricular. Oh, you mentioned this game jam, and so I basically introduced just to make sure everyone was on the same page because it was different year groups, first yeah. and third years, different types of students, fashion and um, games. Obviously, I just introduced the idea of the you know the general design thinking process and how that we were going to create personas from the brand research the fashion marketing students had done, mm -hmm. and then look at the user journeys for those uh personas and then see how we might intervene in a way that encourages those people those consumers to understand and maybe take advantage or do more with the sustainability angle that the h&m group are sort of going for so they're trying to be much more sustainable in their fashion h&m uh, yeah yeah was it sponsored no, but they, they've done a bit of work with um, fashion marketing, I think, and we're going to show some stuff at Fas Winchester Fashion Week. So it's okay. it was just one, their module is to take a brand and really dig into who the consumers of that brand are and see where they might, you know, what that what that means, et cetera. And then we're taking, we took that research and are now saying, okay, if we want to create a game experience around sustainable fashion for this brand, what might that game look like and how might we do that and so today was just trying to tease out some ideas about what could that game be we had some pretty tight parameters because mm -hmm. you know i said obviously you know if you're looking into the broader sense you wouldn't necessarily define that you want a game because maybe a game isn't yeah, the best way yeah. to approach but that we we're defining it as a game and we also decided that we would make it that it's a mobile game that has to fit on a screen so okay. that would be some constraints we could play with um and so it's just playing with who's the who's the who's interested in this brand. How do we get them to reach out? And one of the interesting things we came out with was that the kind of target audience is sort of eighteen to twenty year old students. Uh, lots of them talk about sustainability and green things and ethics mm -hmm. and stuff, but lots of them don't actually act upon those conversations. They talk right. a lot about it, but they're yeah. not making those purchases from the sustainable range, or they're not making they're not upcycling, they're not recycling their clothing. And some of it was a bit of this idea that there's a bit of this greenwashing where they're kind of told by the yeah. brands that mm. they're, oh, we're all sustainable. And they're like, are you really? Mm. Can I, you know, in that sense. So we sort of teased that through to some concepts about how we might then gamify it. And at the end of the sort of day, it was about not a day, it was like a two and a half hour real fast sort of thing was the students looked at the idea of sort of who, who set it up was it you or me and the fashion marketing uh, program leader so and how did you come up with the idea uh, because the uh, in terms of fashion marketing they see gaming technology and whatever influencing generally what they're doing with avatars and ar changing the retail experience mm, and all that yeah, kind of stuff yeah. and so we just wanted to investigate that 
As yeah. Like, and they already had the research of the brand and who yeah. who's into the brand and what the brand stands for and that kind of stuff. And so we decided that the best way to, to do this was rather than trying to put it inside some module or whatever, is to sort of run it like a game jam over three yeah. sort of short, sharp afternoons. So last week, the fashion marketing students told us about the brand and what they found mm-hmm. out and what they do and how they want to be sustainable and the things that they put into their brand. And then this week was taking all that, that idea and then starting to manifest that into something with that idea of it being a game. So now and what's they, next week then? Next week is to take what they've got as a core concept and, and basically prototype it up either in Figma screens or mm. in sketch notes and turn it into like a 10 to 12 uh, page like pitch deck mm-hmm. concept and then some like some rough ideas of how the gameplay might work. At the moment, what they've got is this idea that customization is really important to these people who are interested in the fashion brand and so yeah. there'll be some and there'll be an avatar that you can customize and you'd customize that avatar with the sustainable products from h&m so you'd only have access to the sustainable projects uh the sustainable products uh but there would be a do they know do they know which are the sustainable products on yeah, which yeah, yeah. They, they list it and they've done quite a bit of work just to where you can go and look at your you know the trousers and you can find out information about where it's come from and and who you know what its supply chain is and stuff so they're quite serious about it as uh, soon as you uh, open that up you you sort of open up all the shit as well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah totally no we uh, did it was really interesting because it was all that kind of stuff and some of the video the h&m video and to be fair i was like a bit of a cop-out i felt there's a whole thing on sustainability they talk about being sustainable and then they say well the biggest issue with the sustainability is the supply chain and that supply chain is the factories in the far east and whatever and so we have to lobby government and this and this and i was like hang on a minute are you going to take ownership of this or not yeah, because so you then, could just bring the factories back to the UK. Yeah, exactly. So I said to the students, I said, look, this to some degree is saying that they're doing these things in store where they're picking, they are risk, you know, they're using uh, like they're, they're trying to get people to upcycle their clothes, to bring them back in, to be recycled. They're looking at some of the manufacturing processes to have, they were talking about uh, pineapple waste and stuff. They were using that to manufacture clothing and things. It's really interesting. Pineapple waste. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's really weird stuff. But um, and then I said, but then they talk about this being the biggest issue being lobbying government. I said, we're not going to make a game to lobby government, right? That's not the thing. I said, but if you, if we say that consumer power has something that forces brands to do stuff, and then you know take Walmart or whatever, or like I said, the current situation. I said, you take the fact that Aldi, Tesco's, Sainsbury's are all marketing vegan products. Suddenly, there's tons of vegan stuff. They don't care about vegan products. What they care about is the fact that lots of people want those products now. And so they're yeah. tra- they have to transform their brand. So if you can get, if more people are pushed towards buying sustainable clothes because the game, the experience encourages that because they want to feel good about it, it's likely then that the brand will start to think about, actually, maybe we shouldn't use that factory because they aren't producing the sustainable stuff. Then we're selling more of that stuff thing so how do you sort yeah. of how do you actually get that consumer power to transform something that kind of almost feels you know and i started off the day saying look you know fashion to me doesn't feel sustainable at all you know i said but i but every piece of item i'm wearing is second hand but i you know i don't really go and buy brand new stuff in that sense because it just kind of feels a bit you know it's not my thing but they, i'm not the consumer of this stuff you know yeah so, so we tease all that out and they've come up with this idea of something that's about Basically looking at the, so the game experience would be at some point during a commute into university or whatever. So there'll be a timed element. So certain Mm -hmm. things would trigger at a certain time. And that, and the idea I think they want to have is that they're going to 
make mini games of some of these sustainable things that H&M are doing. So whether that's recycling plastic, whether that's using food uh, pulp or whatever to make these pineapple trousers or whatever they're doing. Yeah. So, so again, the idea of maybe you do something like, you know, it's like a fruit ninja type game and you're chopping up pineapples. And at the end of that, it tells you that you actually, by doing you made this, some you made some trousers and you can, and he, now you've won them for your avatar and you can put it on your avatar. Yeah. And so, and then you'll be able to share your avatar into Instagram or whatever to show your sustainable outfit. And of course, then you could also buy those products, etc. So next week, the idea is to actually say, what are these games? How are we incentivizing the players to fit with the, the metrics you've set up, which is the customization, the social, the gallery, the time, you know, the journey things, that kind of stuff. Um, and are the fashion students as into it as the game students? They're mainly sort of giving us a sense check. So we're saying, does this sound right for the person right, okay, okay. investigating? Yeah. And of course, you know, do you think this would be the score? Would they be into, are they actually into ethical stuff? You know, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and next week, once we've got the sort of pitch deck together, it depends how quickly we get it through. I, what I would like to then get is feedback from the fashion marketing students as to whether they think the idea sounds like something that they would be into. And of course, ultimately the test would be to take that to the target audience. So to yeah. take that to the young, basically the 18 to 21 year old uh, young girls who are buying these products and say, look, this is the, you know, do you like this game really? Yeah. And then, You'd, and the other thing we want to try and t tee up is the kind of how you would test if it's worked. So, you know, the kind of end piece of, of, of like a hypothesis statement as to by doing making this game for these consumers, we will have achieved this price, yeah, X, you know. So, will there be more people recycling clothing? Are there going to be more people engaged with the brand sustainability brand or whatever, you know? So, I don't, again, the students have got to work that out. I'm literally just facilitating a. I think the problem with that kind of thing is like, did, when you, you remember No Logo by Naomi Klein? Yeah. There was almost this sense when you read No Logo, like, God, where do you start? You know, like, you know, I can't go buy any, any uh, night trainers, yeah, yeah, yeah. can't buy any jeans. You know, it was literally like, you know, you the only way to start was basically start a game, um, you know, and it was a bit of a, you know, it was a bit depressing, It yes, you know, yes. it wasn't that empowering. And I think there's perhaps a more, there's more of a sense now that people are interested in this kind of stuff and that they, and also that they, they're not just paying lip service to it. They're actually peeling back and looking behind, yeah. um, you know, or you wouldn't have companies like Hyatt Denim or, you know. Cool, uh, exactly. And I, I also think that it's too easy to say, well, you just get them manufactured in the UK because look at, look at what happened in Leicester uh, during the co coronavirus thing. I mean, like it was a hotbed of COVID because none of those people were able to take any time off work and they were all supposed to be not working. And most of the fashion chains like Boohoo, et cetera, were like, as long as we're not doing it, you know, but they were still wanting the clothes to come in, you know? Um, yeah, so, yeah. And we're talking yeah, about loads of interesting stuff. There's like, there's even, I mean, again, it's out, the idea was we'd take something that's sort of out of our remit, know that those, those, those consumers are into games, you know, yeah. and particularly young women tend to be playing mobile games. So it's like, okay, let's try and see what we can do and see if there's a way of extending the sustainability angle out of it. But in terms of like the fashion market, I don't know much about it. So it's quite great just to go, okay, what might we do with this? Because it's a very different sort of client in that sense. It gets the game students thinking very differently about their application. So what, was it all the years doing it? Yes, yes, open game jam. So it's like, if you want right. to do it, do it. So yeah, first, second and third years, which is great.
So awesome. Yeah, you need so to watch your time because it's now 20 to 7. Yeah, I've got to go. I've got to go. But it's been a manic week. Uh, what else have I done? There's loads of stuff. We could probably talk about it next time. But um... I need to ask you a quick question before you go. Um, do you know that guy who contacted about the... Uh, his name was Nick. Yes, yes. Um, so where is his... Um... Should I stop recording? Oh, look, I've got You can tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. All right, cool. Okay, good. Yeah, I've got two uh, subscribers for the School of Design this afternoon. Happy days. Okay, cool. So if you ever, <laughs> there's no one tweeted. Have you stopped recording? I'm about to press stop because I'm just going to end, I'm going to do the end show blurb. So no one tweeted about the show. So clearly no one listens, listens to the show. But if you did listen to the show, you've been listening to Uneducators. <laughs> I have no idea what we talk about. It's normally design, education, and chat. stuff. Um, if you do get to this point and you actually have finished the show, again, tweet, tweet us and we will have you on a show just to... Yeah, use the hashtag uneducators and we'll get you on to the show. Because uh, next week we're talking about crypto. We have crypto next week. Yeah, we've got to. Fine, we keep coming back to crypto, evil crypto. All right. We, we do, we do, because like you said you were getting completely out of crypto. I'm putting more money in crypto. I'm getting out, man. I'm getting out. Okay. Well, I put £100 across the game today because I want to play around with NFTs and stuff. Um, Let's talk about crypto next week. I'm going to press stop. Yeah. Now.